This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Detroit is the place to be for car enthusiasts. The North American International Auto Show is on right now. So, what's the automobile industry doing for us Zoomers? What are the big trends? Dave Redinger of Dave's Corner Garage will fill us in on everything we need to know. You have to remember, the older population, you know, our Zoomers, are going to soon outnumber children in this province. So, how many of our doctors actually specialize in caring for our elders? Coming up, Dr. Samir Sinha will share those surprising numbers. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. It's a boost to Canada's Dying with Dignity movement. A panel of legal experts in Quebec says terminally ill patients should be given medical assistance to die. Under the recommendations, patients themselves would have to make the request to a doctor on the basis of unbearable physical or psychological suffering. Two physicians would then have to approve the request, which would have to be made in writing. Quebec's junior health minister says her province's government can now pass a law with strict guidelines that would provide doctors with a clear legal framework. Euthanasia and assisted suicide are illegal in Canada now under the criminal code. Pauline Friedman Phillips passed away earlier this week at the age of 94. Most of us remember her by her professional name, Abigail Van Buren, Dear Abby. For decades, she dispensed snappy, sometimes saucy advice on love, marriage, and meddling mothers-in-law to millions of newspaper readers around the world. Phillips died Wednesday in Minneapolis after a long battle with Alzheimer's disease. The long-running Dear Abby column first appeared in the San Francisco Chronicle in 1956. Phillips and her daughter Jean began sharing the byline in 2000, and Jean took over in 2002 when the family announced that Dear Abby had Alzheimer's disease. Phillips' column competed for decades with the advice of Anne Landers, written by her sister, Esther Friedman Lederer. In a time before confessional talk shows and the nothing-is-too-private culture of the Internet, the sisters' columns offered a rare window into Americans' private lives and a forum for discussing marriage, sex, and the swiftly changing culture of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. If you're feeling a financial pinch as you head towards retirement, you aren't alone. Studies find that most Canadians simply don't have the extra money to put into retirement savings. An annual survey by Scotiabank suggests 64% of respondents cited affordability as an obstacle to investing in their RRSPs by the March 1st deadline. The figure is up from 59% in 2011 and 53% in 2010. 
The poll also found more than 80% have not invested enough. Hollywood may soon start tailoring more movies to the Zoomer crowd. New research shows that over a quarter of moviegoers last year were 45 or older. Part of this demographic shift is due to the success of films like The Best Marigold Hotel, Skyfall and Lincoln. 2012 was a good year for Hollywood. The overall amount of moviegoers rose 5.6%, the biggest gain since 2002. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Last week, Ontario became the first province to adopt a comprehensive strategy to improve health care for Zoomers. Making sure every senior has a family doctor is a cornerstone of the initiative. But how many of our physicians actually have expertise in treating elders? The sad and surprising fact is there's no training for this in medical school and few physicians choose geriatrics as their specialty. Here's part two of my interview with Dr. Samir Sinha, the architect of Ontario's senior strategy. Your report also calls for more geriatricians. Absolutely. Do you know how many we have in Ontario? Um, as of December 2012, we had about 122 um, registered geriatricians, and that's compared to about 1,500 pediatricians. And you have to remember, the older population, you know, our Zoomers, are going to soon outnumber children in this province. Zoomers in general already outnumber, but those who are 65 and older um, already are about the same number. So right now, we don't have many geriatricians in the province, and part of the problem is that geriatricians tended to be the lowest paid specialty, partly because as a society, we don't actually value aging as much as we should, um, and we don't value older people and Zoomers as much as we should. So it's hard to inspire um, medical doctors to say, I want to I want to work with Zoomers. I want to do that. I love working with older people. It's my passion. It's all I do. And, you know, we need to encourage more. So we need to expose more people, and not just doctors, but nurses, social workers. So that's another recommendation that we actually start requiring every single health and social care provider in Ontario who's being educated in Ontario to receive some training in the care of Zoomers, in the care of older adults, because we don't require that right now. Which is amazing when we spend half of our health and social care dollars on caring for, for older adults in Ontario. Is it also a matter that, aside from the money, it's not really a sexy specialty? Absolutely. So these are some of the things that, you know, geriatrics in the past has had a bit of an image issue. The government's already has already changed the pay structure. So geriatricians are no longer the lowest paid specialists. We're below average paid specialists right now. And we're very happy to do that. Because, you know, actually, if you look at the lifestyle surveys for physicians, geriatricians are always the most happiest physicians. Because you know what, when we work with a Zoomer, we're making a difference. And we're making a difference that really matters to those older people. So in other words, a medical student would have to decide without any exposure to geriatric training that this is what they wanted to do. And if they did that, what's available? We've created a really exciting program at Mount Sinai and the University Health Network Hospitals. We now attract more medical trainees than any other site in Toronto, and our program's only been around for about two and a half years. Uh, so we're exciting. We're getting lots of new people going into geriatrics. This is the first year in Ontario that we've had a record number of people going into geriatrics as a training specialty. How many? Um, we've had about, uh, I think we have about 12 people uh, going in. That doesn't sound like a lot, but you have to remember that when I started training as a geriatrician a number of years ago, 
Um, there are only three of us in Ontario. So the key is the fact that we've quadrupled it is really exciting. The fact is, I think, you know, soon enough, we're going to have lots more people going into it, but we have to make this exciting uh, because it is exciting. Um, and I think as we get more people who feel, you know, who see how evangelical we can be around the care of older adults, they get excited. They realize that people really need this sort of care and it's really rewarding care to do. Dr. Sinha wants me to let you know that his door is open to any medical student or doctor who's interested in going into geriatrics. You can find him at Mount Sinai Hospital in Toronto. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. The North American International Auto Show is on right now in Detroit, and in just a moment, Dave Redinger from Dave's Corner Garage will tell us what the hot trends are and what Zoomers are looking for in their dream ride. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. The exterior design features race-proven aerodynamics that improves high-speed stability, and its dramatic appearance is just an indication of how different the driving experience is in the new Corvette. It's a brand that goes back for Zoomers, and the new Corvette is stealing the show at this year's Detroit International Auto Show. What else is hot, and what should we look for in a new vehicle? I checked in with our own Dave Redinger of Zoomer Radio's Dave's Corner Garage. First off, in Detroit, the mojo's back. They're excited. they got all kinds of new stuff. You got to remember, the car industry, four years ago, they were bankrupt. Now, if you look at the auto show, it's like it never happened. Uh, great concepts came out. The newest one for Zoomers, it's got to be the Chevy Corvette with uh, even the name Stingray's back. Wow. So when I was a high school student, what did I want? I wanted a Chevy Corvette Stingray, and it's back, and it's gorgeous. I mean, the technology's there. It's, it's actually designed for us because at our age, we've got the money to blow. Right. And uh, we can get the insurance. What about, uh, <laughs> is it kind of a, uh, dare I say, a midlife crisis yep. kind of thing? You got it. <laughs> That's exactly right. There's the the Corvette, the Viper, the high-end BMWs. That's all all our type of vehicles. What should Zoomers be focused on? I was talking with the guys up at the show. They used to be the most popular car that Zoomers bought was a Lincoln Town Car. (laughs) Right. Right? You go to the airport's Lincoln Town Car because they're comfy, they're big, and everything else. But there is no more Lincoln Town Car. It's been discontinued. So the biggest car that Zoomers are looking at right now are the Buick Lucerne, the, the big Buick. Right. Number two is the Cadillac brand, doing really well. 84% of the Cadillacs sold out there are sold to Zoomers. Cadillac won Car of the Year. So Cadillac came out with the ATS, which won Car of the Year. It's in competition with BMW, a lot of German technology from their Opel division. And the reality is Cadillac is basically trying to get to the younger demographic. Same thing with Mercedes. They're trying to go for the Y generation. So what do we as Zoomers have? Well, we have the XTS, which came out last year. The XTS is larger, it's more comfy, and it's in the $50,000 range, and it's a Cadillac. Okay, now Cadillac also came out with a new hybrid. That's correct, ELR. Right. Now, ELR is basically a Chevy Volt with a fancy body on it. Mm-hmm. And does it make sense? And the reality is no. Um, these type of electric vehicles, they've been trying to move them. According to the guys that I talked to down there, since 100 years ago they first came out with electric vehicles. They don't make sense in today's economy. They're expensive. They don't really have that much fuel economy. But in the high end, where you're buying something for prestige and you're buying a, you know, a $90,000 car because it's an image, it's 
a different story completely. They don't even have a price on it yet, was no. my understanding. They're saying 65000 U.S. Wow. By the time it gets here, it's probably in the 80s. Wow. It doesn't make sense, really, as, as a vehicle, but as a piece of jewelry, <laughs> definitely. We're buying two types of vehicles. We're buying vehicles for everyday use for comfort, and then we're buying vehicles for practicality. And the funny thing is, we're buying cars like the Honda Element, the Nissan Cube, the, the Scion XP, the Kia Soul, the square boxes. Right. They were aimed at a younger demo, and we ended up buying them. And why is that? Easy to get in and out. Of. It's called egress. It's easy for us to get in and out. You can hose them down. You're easy to live with. They've, there's good fuel economy. So we would be buying in, in two distinct segments, big cars for comfort and smaller vehicles for practicality. Now, is there a difference in our demographic between what women want in a car and what men want in a car? Yeah, there usually is. And, and I have to tell you something. It's, I think it's over 66% of the buying decisions are made by women. No kidding. by women. <laughs> no kidding. Right? And so, SUVs are strong in that market. Women like SUVs. I've never figured out why, and if they don't have lots of children to ferry around. But they got grandkids. So, ah, okay. But they have grandkids. We have, we have three baby seats in the back of our SUV. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> women, Zoomer women are buying SUVs yep. for their grandchildren. Yeah, and the higher an SUV is the Cadillac. Uh, that's 74% of, that, of the Cadillac CTS wagons are sold to Zoomers. And... Is there no kind of environmental consciousness? Nope. <laughs> I think the attitude is, I've worked so hard all my life, I've raised my kids, and now it's my turn. Do you have any advice uh, to a Zoomer on what to look for, what to make sure about in a car? Sure. A car is the worst investment you can make. <laughs> That's the reality. But once you buy something that you really like, I'm always suggesting that you don't trade, keep it for a longer period than, than you would normally do it. Um, one, the depreciation factors are not as serious as they used to be, but cars are so reliable nowadays, you can run a car for seven or eight years without any serious problems. So it doesn't really make sense to keep trading every two years. Mm -hmm. So buy what you really like, spend the money, and keep it. Before we go, just one more thing. We'd like your pick for a car for a younger Zoomer and a car for an older Zoomer. For a younger Zoomer, I'd be looking at the new Jeep Cherokee, the Grand Cherokee 2013 uh, that car is a winner. It's the first car from Chrysler with an eight-speed transmission. They've done everything right. That's an award winner. For an older Zoomer, my pick is the Cadillac CTS Coupe. Okay. I love that car. As a matter of <laughs> fact, I had some money. That's what I'll be getting. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Dave, Thanks. thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Libby. Thanks very much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. You can hear Dave's Corner Garage every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here on the new AM740 Zoomer Radio. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? We'll take another break and then return with a tribute to a great artist who would have celebrated her 70th birthday this weekend, Janis Joplin. No help from my friends. So, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time now for your international arts date book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. 
In New York City, after 20 years, Barry Manilow is back on Broadway. Her name is Lola. She was a showgirl. Barry performs a songbook of his hits at St. James Theater until February 9th. Over at the Museum of Modern Art, Edvard Munch's iconic $120 million painting is on display. One of the four versions of The Scream is on loan, displayed with a selection of the Norwegian artist's other works. To London, where an official portrait of the Duchess of Cambridge is all the talk, the painting of 31-year-old Kate is on display at the National Portrait Gallery. And in Berlin, glamour is back in Show Me. 160 performers take part in this production on the biggest theater stage in the world, Europe's Show Palace. Many of the costumes are creations of the legendary Parisian designer Christian Lacroix. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. That is the unmistakable voice of Janis Joplin, one of the most iconic singers of the 20th century. This weekend, she would have celebrated her 70th birthday, but sadly, she passed away in 1970 at the age of 27. Joplin was born and raised in Port Arthur, Texas. Her early life was difficult. She was an outcast through elementary and high school, and as a result, she gravitated towards the arts and found escape singing in her local church choir. She attended the University of Austin but dropped out and moved to San Francisco in 1963. She began singing with local blues musicians and also began her notorious relationship with drugs and alcohol. In 1966, she joined the psychedelic rock band Big Brother and The Holding Company. The group had a breakthrough performance at the Monterey Pop Festival, and from that point on, fame and success came quickly to Janis Joplin. Unfortunately, her drug and alcohol abuse also increased, which led to tension with her band. They still managed to put out two seminal records, and the second, Cheap Thrills, included the hit single, Peace of My Heart, as well as a take on George Gershwin's Summertime. In 1968, Janis Joplin left the band to pursue a solo career. She recorded two massively successful albums. The last recording session for Pearl took place on October 1st, 1970, three days before Janis Joplin would die from an overdose of heroin. It was released posthumously in January 1971, has since gone quadruple platinum, and contains the only song from Janis Joplin to take the number one spot on the Billboard charts, her cover of Me and Bobby McGee. Busted flat in Ben Rouge, waiting for a train. And I was feeling near as faded as my jeans Bobby thumbed a diesel down Just before it rained And rode us all the way into New Orleans I pulled my harpoon Out of my dirty red bandana I was playing soft while Bobby sang the blues When she walked her slapping time we sang every song that Java knew Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose Nothing, I mean nothing, honey, if it ain't free Me and my 
Janis Joplin with her number one hit, Me and Bobby McGee. Janis would have turned 70 this weekend. She died of a drug overdose when she was just 27 years old. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please come back next Sunday when we bring you stories and wisdom from the Memory Clinic with Baycrest's Dr. Tiffany Chow. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Nyman. Produced by Paul Thomas. Program director, John Vandriel. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on AM740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.